Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. edition of the walk-off we've got andrew jones the 10-time gold glover five-time all-star atlanta braves hall of famer i'm holding kushner along with uh, ryan spader andrew thank you so much for the time how are you passing the time right now through all this garbage going on oh well first of all thank you for having me guys um well you know just like everybody staying home staying safe keep the distance um and you know just hanging out with the family and that's about it, man. Just hopefully this can go by fast and we can go back to normal. Andrew, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw you a softball to begin with. Who's your number one center fielder of all time? Well, that I ever saw is Ken Griffey, first of all. I mean, I know Willie Mays had done a lot of stuff great in, in, the, in the game of baseball. I have seen, you know, a few highlights of him. Um, I have met him before we have talked um, about, you know, playing center field and stuff like that. But um, Ken Griffey was my idol growing up. And, and you know, he was he was my 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 favorite center fielder. So you're talking about Griffey Jr. and Willie Mays, and I think Willie Mays a lot of times is the gold standard for center fielders. And that's who you were often compared to coming up. And uh, I would go as far as to say in terms of defense and offensive production, you're probably, uh, in your prime anyway, closer to Willie Mays than um, Ken Griffey Jr. if you're going to put yourself in the middle of the two of them. Um, do you think that in terms of Hall of Fame voting, that because you didn't maybe finish with the 500, 600 home runs that Jr. did, uh, and I guess in a way you didn't end up being quite as great as Willie Mays, do you think that that's held against you at all? <laughs> Ah, uh, well, not, not really, to be honest with you, because it's only going to be one King Griffey Jr. It's only going to be one, one Willie Mays. It's only going to be one myself. It's going to be, it's, you know, name it. It's going to be only one Mike Trout. You know, everybody's going to just go out there and say, hey, um, this guy remind me of Willie Mays. This guy remind me of King Griffey. This guy remind me of whatever the greatest, you know, position players that played through there. You know, it's going to be only one Pujols. It's only going to be one Roberto Clemente. It's going to be only one name it whatever hall of fame is in the hall of fame you know if people that going to compare people to a lot of them just to have an idea what the what kind of player the player is but we don't know who the player is the player is going to make himself be his own name so you know 
where in the future people are going to be like, you know, he was a great, he was a great um, defensive player. He was a great baseball player. He ranked top 10 with all those, those uh, great names that, that played the, the baseball. But we, it, it's tough to go for any kid, you know, growing up or, you know, even nowadays, you know, like, like, you know, Ronald Kuna coming up to the Braves organization and people was like, hey, you know, he, he, he reminded me of Andrew Jones. Like, yeah, okay, he, he's probably, probably on the strike that he is, he's probably going to be putting better number than I did. But you cannot put it in that stage because it's, it's not fair for the kid coming up, you know, trying to be himself, trying to make a, a name on himself and people go and say, hey, put a big name on there and say, hey, and if you don't achieve what that big name got to, now it's a failure. So it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it had to be tough that you came up pretty much on the biggest stage, homering in the World Series in your rookie season. And um, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. There's Whether Andrew Jones was as good as, better, or not quite as good as Willie Mays or Ken Griffey Jr., there's no crime in not being any of them guys. And uh, you know I like to do baseball by the numbers. Uh, the standard for the yep. longest time was the guys who can hit home runs and steal bases. But in modern baseball, we've discovered that stealing bases really isn't all it's cracked up to be. We got this new stack called defensive yep. runs saved. And that's something you did really well. And I'm going to drop one of your own numbers on you here. And uh, uh, I'm sure you're going to be all coy because you don't want to talk about your own numbers. But I, I'm just curious to hear what you think about it. And this is seasons with mm -hmm. at least 25 homers and 25 defensive runs saved. Uh, from center field, you've got Andrew Jones with four and every other player in history with two combined. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, great numbers, you know. It, it, it's just how, you know, the stats being coming out now. Is, I mean, just like everybody seems, you know, the whole Hall of Fame things start coming out. People, you know, saying, well, the – Who's who's they're not gonna let in that did steroids or who they're not gonna get in if they don't have the ideal numbers like the 500 homers the the 3,000 hits not everybody's gonna get those numbers no no you know you get those numbers you you on a completely elite elite level but not everybody's gonna get 3,000 hits not everybody's gonna get 500 did they have the potential to do it probably or maybe yes or maybe no but we don't know that. We don't know that. So if we don't get there, we, we, we're not going to say, hey, that's what that player is supposed to, to do for his career. We, 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 we're not planning, you know, we're not psyching. We don't see and say, hey, this is what the guy's going to do. You know, they still got to go out there and play. And, and that's the thing that, you know, a lot of things that are going on with, with, with the game now. But, you know, those numbers are great. You know, I, I think, I think, you know, I took a lot of pride of, of my defense and I went, I went about my business very well, you know, playing the position. And, you know, we were just talking with, you know, a couple of guys, we just sit and talk numbers and we just like to know numbers. And, you know, we look up and say, Hey, you know, why you, why you only have one silver slugger? And I was like, where I look around, you know, I had, I had Sosa in, in the league, Vladimir Guerrero, Barry Bonds. If if they have to choose a center field slugger, I probably would have won it every year. 
you know, hmm. because I was the only center field that put great number as a, as a, as a, um, as an offensive center fielder. And now that's how, you know, then you have, Bel- and, 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 and then, and then you got Belton coming and, you know, after that, putting good numbers. Um, then Jim Adams was in that, in the same league with us for wireful that put great numbers too. But on the end of, end of the season, these, their numbers would not compare what my numbers, what, um, you know, and the end of the season. So, but, you know, they only pick three outfielders to get the silver slugger and it can be two right fielders and a left fielder. They don't pick no center fielder. So um, it's tough, you know, everybody just look at stuff. Why you don't get this? Why you did not, you know, why you did not make a lot of all-star games? Um, Why, you know, you know, why you didn't, you know, so, so we don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not my choice. And, you know, I still go out there and play my game the way I want to play it, you know, those those awards are great to get on the end of the year, but you know you don't play for those. You know when I play for the Braves, I didn't play for to win an award. I, I play to help my team win win a game, win division titles, go to the World Series, and you know at the end of the day, if you happen to win the Gold Glove, you end up end up to winning a Cy Young, you end up winning winning a Silver Slugger or whatever the awards that is out there. You know, it's great. So, um, you know, those things are, you know, things that people always come up to me and ask me. So, you know, you know, and and even the media when they talk about why my chances as a as a Hall of Fame, you know, they 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 say, well, you only have one silver slugger, so he probably was not the best best offensive center field in his era. But if they go back and look at it, I, I probably was because. Nobody was putting a number that I was putting and offensively and defensively in center field in, in those 10 years that I played consistently. So what I'm hearing then, a lot of people come up to you and ask you why you weren't better. Is that what they say? Is that what you hear a lot? Because it sounds to me like that's what you're saying. No? Well, it, 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 it's, it's not like better. So why, you know, just like why you didn't get, why you did not, you know, it's just friends and friends talking, you know, they're saying why, okay. why you didn't get, you know, why you did not get a silver slugger um, when you hit 41 home runs, why you didn't get a silver slugger when you, when you were doing 2020, you know, tw- you know, so, you know, and driving in hundred every eye. So it's, it's, it's one, it's one of those things, but you know, you know, you look back and, and and you look at it and you're like, well, you know, that's why it happened. They did not give the center field the 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 silver slugger. They give the outfield the silver slugger, so they can pick whatever three offensive offensive outfielder that have the best year. It could be three left fielders, and they're gonna get it. Well, I'll say this: usually, you know, we look at a seven-year span, seven or eight-year span of your best years and they call that jaws we were just talking about this the other day they look at your seven or eight years and they say okay this is this guy he's as is he as good as a hall of famer i look back at you and i'm not even going to go your first two years i would go from 1998 to about 2007 so we're talking almost a decade there 51 home runs 41 home runs so i it, it seems like you don't want to talk about it as much but there's a legitimate case for you to be a Hall of Famer. Now, here's my question then. What happened after you left Atlanta? Because I think you did enough in Atlanta to be a Hall of Famer. After that, it was the Dodgers, it was Texas, the White Sox, the Yankees. What happened after you left Atlanta? 
What happened to your career there? Well, I think when I left Atlanta, it was a big disappointment because, um, you know, to be honest with you, I did not want to leave. You know, I was ready to, I know I didn't have the greatest seasons I wanted to finish to go into the into the um, free agency. So I was looking forward for the Braves to give me another, just like a, a, a one more year and um, take the arbitration on me and, and give me one more year so I can bounce back and, and have a good year and, and, and continue to help the team win. Um, you know, that didn't happen right when the season over, Shows called me and said, hey, I want to have a meeting with you. And, you know, I was like, okay, so hopefully he's going to tell me, hey, Andrew, guess what we got for you? And, and you know, and I know you can, you, you're you going to be a free agent. I'm sure you're going to go out. You, it's going to be teams out there trying to offer you more money, but that's what he got. He never told me none of that. So he came out and said, Andrew, we're just not going to bring you back. Mm. And I was like shocked. I was like completely shocked. I was like in shock. And I say, why? You go, well, you're going to make a lot of money. And I was like, you never, you, you never asked me what I want. You know, the years before, I, I, um, you guys came to me and say, hey, we want to extend you before you get free agent. And I signed a deal with you guys and without bringing my agent in. And then I brought my agent in and then they, they negotiate the contract properly and look at it right, and we signed the contract. But out of some, you guys are going to come up and tell me you're not going to bring me in. I say, why? Because I'm going to make a lot of money. I, I didn't understand that. It, it hurt me a little bit. I wasn't happy with it. But I understand it's the business of the game. And I move on. I had to move on. And, you know, I, I, I was hurt. But, um, you know, you can't cry about that stuff because, you know, it's a business and you just have to move on. So, I, I, you know, I came out of the Dodger, gave me a two-year deal. I went there, um, prepared myself to start a season. It didn't start the way I wanted I wanted to start, but then I hurt my knee, and you know I never hurt myself like that. That I could not play the game, and that was that was I didn't know what to do. It was like a shock to me. So then uh, I I had you know I had to go have surgery, and then after that it kept coming back, coming back. I went to the minor league rehab, get the swing back, come back, tweak it again. Then you know then Joe Torre told me. Told me, um, hey, we we don't know if we're gonna play you. Uh, we're gonna play you when the match is right. And I, I look at him and say, what do you mean with the matches? Like you say, when when we think you can hit the the, the pitcher. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that kind of was like, wow. So you just tell me I can't play. So I moved on from that and I called my agent and said, listen, I don't want to be here. You know, this is you know this team don't have they not they don't have nothing for me. So I'm I'm you know I, I think. I think we need to figure out how we can move on or whatever. So then I went to winter, winter ball, trying to work, work on my, you know, see if I can still run and rehab it with my knee and stuff like that. And I felt good. I went to Dominican. I didn't hit well, but um, I felt like I could run and, and do a lot of stuff. So I came back and, and, you know, work on my swing and, you know, Scott, work a deal out for me in Texas and I, and I signed with Texas and, you know, I, I, I asked for the Dodgers for my release and I moved on from Texas. I moved to Texas. So when I went to Texas, um, you know, I signed a minor league deal and, and then they called me and say, Hey, 
we don't have no room for you. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to continue to just go in the minor league and, and, and swing the bat. And Noah Ryan was the president there. And I went down there and I hit four home runs and four at bats. And Noah Ryan looked at me and like, are you leaving? I say, um, I don't know. I mean, my, my day is due next um, the next day. And he was like, don't leave yet. Hold on. We're going to see what's going to happen. So he made that happen. I made the team. And then since that, I was just being a, a part-time Part-time, part-time players since that, you know, with the White Sox and the Yankees. And then uh, I, I went to Japan for two years. So here's the other thing, and you're still doing work with the Braves, which is terrific. You know, you left there, and it took a little time, I'm sure, but everything's fine now. You're working with this team. I don't know if people compare mm-hmm. Acuna to you because they shouldn't. I mean, you guys play different position. It's a different era. All they're trying to do is hit home runs now. But yeah. you work with this guy. Um where, where why is he so good so young and where does he have to get better to get to a point where he could be one of the all-time greats well i i, I think he you know like watching him how how he go about a business he, he's he's a he's a hard worker quietly a hard worker people might not see that people could have said that from a lot of other players but you know, some people see other play, players go out there and work hard. He, you know, he's a quiet worker. He work hard on his craft. Um, I, I think, I think what if if he he can be one of the best players like Mike Trout's kind of type of player, consistently putting great numbers every year. If he concentrate on his defense more, he's got a great arm. But if he work on it, if he if he concentrate on defense and 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 in, and in another case, I talked with him a little bit, and he told me, he said, listen, um, I just want to play right field. I want to play right field. I don't want to be moving from right field to center field. I don't want to be doing a lot of thinking. So I understand what was going on in his head because he's got to concentrate on a lot of other stuff. But, um, you know, on the other hand, the Braves got to do what they have to do to, to, to win games every day. So he's probably going to have to move right to center field you know, on occasional days. But I think when he find that position that he, he, he won and they gave it to him and let him play every day, you're going to see what kind of player he is. Defensively. I mean, we can see offensively already, but defensively we will see because he got a cannon of arm. Andrew, we talk about the pressure you came up, uh, you came up in a league with junior playing. And then of course the legend of Willie Mays and then the pressure on Acuna because he's coming up in the uh, Braves where there was Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones and all the, all the legends that have played for the Braves. Now you've got your son. He's shaping up to be a pretty good ball player. Um, how, how are you helping him out with the pressure? Because he's, he's not only going to have the pressure of coming into uh, a school like Vanderbilt that sees double digit guys get drafted every single year, but you know, he's your son too. Well, I think right now he don't have no pressure. I think he's not even thinking about anything. I think later on in his career, maybe if he end up signing, he go to college or, 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 or sign professional professionally. Um, I think people are going to get more, more reacting on him and start talking more about it. But right now he just, He's just a kid. He's just having fun. He loved the game. He he loved to go out there and play and compete, and he he liked to help other kids. So that that make him more more uh, more uh, more a better player that that his talent show. 
Yeah, and that's the way it should be, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, I'm curious, you as a you know former big leaguer who won 10 gold gloves, five-time All-Star, and you probably should have been a 10-time All-Star, if we're being honest, um, and you, br- you bring up all the silver sluggers. I mean, it, it used to be you could win it from any position. Now they give it to center fielders. You probably would have won seven, eight of those. Um, are you? Do you kind of stand back and just watch your son as a father, as a fan, or do you uh, actively coach him as well because of all your baseball knowledge? No, I, I, I just watch as a fan. I try to just let him go out there and have, have fun. And, you know, I, I videotape a lot of the games of him, you know, and, you know, see what, what's going on. Uh, sometimes he come back and say, I, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, I go in and tell him, you know, this is what I think. This is what I, I don't think. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's very coachable. And, and, you know, all the coaches on the team love him because, you know, how, he, how, how, how coachable he is and how, 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 how hard he works. So, um, I just stay out as a fan as a, and as a father, just watching the games and enjoy the game and let him go there and have fun. I, I, I think, um, you know, you have the talent. He's, a, he's actually a really, really good center fielder and a good arm. So, you know, I, I just let him go out there and, 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 and do his own thing, you know. So, Andrew, here we go. We um, we talk about pranks all the time on our show, and every time we talk to somebody, yeah. they always bring up Greg Maddox. Um, and we've I've actually talked to Maddox about it. He's kind of gross when it came to the pranks. Did he ever get you? Did he ever come after you? <laughs> what do you say? Did Greg Maddox ever up, come after up. you? Did he ever prank you? No, he never did. He, he he actually never did. I think he always do some dumb crap, you know, spit <laughs> on, put a, a big, put a big salab on the on the roof and see who's gonna walk and 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 who's gonna fall on his head the first time. So he always do stuff like that. But he never prank. I think he pranked Chipper more than anybody. I think. Um, he always trying to set up Chipper with a lot of stuff that I can't even say online on the phone right now. But um, I think I think. I think I think he set up Chipper more than anything, but um, you know, I I I give I give a lot of a lot of respect to to, to uh, Greg Maggs because he he was he was one of the guys that went to Bobby and say, hey Bobby, I want Andrew in, in Centerfield um, in 1997 uh, when we had Ken, Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton was a great centerfielder, you know, through through the whole. Cleveland years and all the stuff. So um, for him to come in and tell, tell Bobby, hey, I really want that kid in, in center field uh, when I pitch, that, 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 that meant a lot for me. So, you know, those guys, you know, we have so many guys. We have, you know, Smosey, we have Glavin, we have Mattis, we have, you know, we have Avery, we have uh, name of Paul Bird, uh, Kevin Mirwood. I mean, every year we had, you know, two or different starters coming in and learn from these great guys. And um, if it was not for them, I'm not who, you know, the defensive player I was. So I learned from them and they, you know, and, and they helped me. So I got this question from my best friend. Um, he, I, I wanted to ask you about the Yankees World Series, but he wants me to ask you about the Mets rivalry then. So let's do that. Uh, late 1990s, you guys, the 98, 99, you're facing off every single year. How intense was that rivalry mm-hmm. with the Mets? And had, did you have a rivalry that ever – surpassed how intense it was with New York? 
Um, not really, because they always were good and always thought that they could beat us, and we always beat 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 them. Um, I think the year they went they went to to the World Series, the Cardinals is the one that knocked us out. But if we had to play them, we probably would be in the World Series again. So, um, you know, a lot of respect to those guys because they they you know they they went out there and fight every year and and trying because how good we were every year and and winning division titles every year. They always was trying to to knock us out and and you know take that that streak out and you know it, it was a great competition. Andrew, we're talking, since we're talking about the Mets, obviously um, you faced your former teammate Tom Glavin when he was there with the Mets. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't know if you realize. Do you know how good your numbers were against him? Uh, I, I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, do. I mean, what one, one thing one thing uh, I told. I think we were just talking in, on, on the bench, and Leo Mazzoni was like, Andrew, you have zero chance against Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin will ease your life. I say, I swear to God, I will never play the game if he get me out. And, <laughs> I mean, he actually, he, he actually got me out before, but the first time we faced him in, 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 in Atlanta, I hit a triple to right center, then I hit a home run off him. So I told Leo, I say, Leo, don't ever tell me what I cannot do. So, um, you know, that was, that, that was funny, but, um, you know, and just, just like Tom Glavin, you know, he, I'm sure he was hurt when, when he left Atlanta, um, it was tough coming back and facing an old team that knew you for so long. And, you know, I'm sure he was going out there trying to do too much and the natural thing never, never came up. So, you know, we took advantage of that. So, um, you know, I think his record against us was not good. Uh, and just for Holden and, and the listeners who are list- hearing you talk about this, since you're going to be humble about it, he batted 372, 500, 744 in 54 plate appearances against his uh, former teammate there. Pretty How good. Many homer? <laughs> you have four homers and 54 plate appearances. That's all you got him oh, for? Okay. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I got um. I got to ask you, though, uh, I know you and I have talked a little bit about this before, and I know Atlanta's home mm-hmm. for you, and that's where you're working and everything. But um, uh, I was looking at some of your splits. You hit 18 homers in just, I think it was 47 games playing in Cincinnati. Uh, so if there was somewhere else you had to play the prime of your career, where do you think that, that would be if Atlanta was out of the question? Wow. Maybe San Diego or Cincinnati. <laughs> Great offensive numbers in both those yeah. ballparks. Maybe, you know, um, some good numbers in Colorado, but Colorado was a tough, tough place to play in, man. I'm telling you, a lot of people talk a lot of stuff about Colorado, how high the, the you know, the altitude is, how the, the ball fly there. It was a tough park to play in. We go there and we played three game series. It, I'd, I'd be exhausted. I'd be so tired because first of all, you got to go out there and play cover a big center field, and then you 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 run around all the place. So it's tough to play there. And and a lot of respect for all those guys that that played there for a long for a long career and put great numbers. Um, it, it's not an easy play, place to play, to be honest with you. I mean, you will love because it, it's hits everywhere, 
but it's it's a it's a tough part to play in. I've been yeah. here for a year and a half, and I still I'm in Denver, just south of Denver. I still have not gotten used to the altitude. And I know what you're saying. And here's the other thing, Andrew. I'm glad you brought this up. Everybody says, oh, Colorado, the runs because the home runs. But it's not just the home runs, is it? Like, there's so much ground. That is the biggest outfield in the world. I'm telling you, no question about that. No question about it. Holden and I have talked about that a number of times. You you mentioned being exhausted, and then you you leave uh, Colorado, and then you got to go on the road, and you're back at sea level. And that can't be very fun either. The hangover. No, it's, no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. It's like it's like playing drunk. <laughs> oh, that's great. Playing it, a little slow pitch softball it's out like, there. It's like it's it's. it's it, I'm telling you, it, it's so crazy. I mean, you know, the the the, the adrenaline kick in because you the lights come up. You put the uniform. I'm ready to play. But the first game, you're happy. You know, especially having a good game. You get in three three hits a game. You know, you're throwing ball. You're running the bases. You're winning. But you got to go out there and play defense, and you go in left and right, all right? So the next day, when you go back to the hotel, you're, like, you're like so super tired. So you have to come back and bounce and do the same thing again. So it, 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 it takes a ton of you. And like I say, I see those guys play 80, 82 games at home, and they have to go on the road and come back. It, it's tough. But, you know, that's the game. You know, you, you have to make adjustments. Yeah. I'll give you one more since we're on this topic, and and it reminds me of somebody else, and then then we'll let you go. I, we really appreciate you hanging out with us. But um, Larry Walker just got in the yeah, Hall no of Fame. I, I think he was like really well deserving. Um, somebody else who I think potentially should be in the Hall of Fame, and I've been getting some slack for, is uh, Bobby Abreu. And uh, I know you saw <laughs> some of the stuff that I was tweeting out about him. Uh, he's another guy who didn't quite get the 2,000 – or excuse me, the 3,000 hits or the 500 or even 400 home runs. But um, it, it seems like you think that there is a place for, for a guy who was just more of a complete player who didn't hit the, the 500 home runs or the 3,000 hits. Uh, what do you make of his career? Well, I mean, first of all, very you know, very patient hitter, great a professional hitter, by the way. Um, playing so much against him, you know, in Philadelphia and other teams and stuff like that. Great hitter. Tough, tough to defense. I mean, they have to move and make sure the pitcher make the right, right pitch so he can hit it the right where we need to, him to hit it. So his numbers out there, like I said, everybody's going to question him why he did not hit 3,000 hit because he, he did not get 3,000 hit. That's the hit that he couldn't get. That's it. You know, look up overall what kind of player it is. We cannot compare him at, and to Tony Gwynn or to these other left-handed hitters that play right field because those guys playing, you know, uh, you know, they play in a, in, a, in a higher level. I think these numbers are good. I think he got a, a good, good potential getting, getting, getting in, you know, if he, if he keep, you know, if he keep hanging in there, um, a lot of things going to come up just, you know, now it's so much numbers with, with, uh, you know, Things that say how how good he was, how how kind of player he was through his career. It's a lot of stuff that come up now. You know, I think I wish we had these things when when Fred McGriff was there because I think Fred McGriff should be in the Hall of Fame already. Um, to be honest with you, so um, you know things like that. Um, so 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good argument about it. But I, my, me personally, think he's a Hall of Famer because um, he he kind of he kind of did all of them. I mean, even though you know, I saw people was questioning him, you know, was afraid of the wall, <laughs> but um, but um, you know, he 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 was a good defensive player. He had a great arm, and um, you know, he he know what he he know what to do out there. And he did Tom Amansky commercials, which I'm sure you guys crushed him on. Deservedly so, too. Um, <laughs> you guys did, right? Like, you'd go up to him and point at him, correct? Well, I mean, I mean, I know him very well. Um, you know, I, I always give him a lot of crap about everything. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, he's a good friend. Um, great, great, great guy. Great person. Yep. Know a Wonderful lot about the game. Being. So, um, 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 hopefully, you know to see him more around the game and, and hopefully um, I see, I saw him with Philadelphia in the camp um, last year or so. So hopefully he'll be around and, and, you know, hopefully he can get that, that right number to, to one day be an all thing. Okay. Here's the last one. Braves fans love you. So what was the best mm-hmm. Braves team you were on? And tell us a little bit about that team. Give us a little story about it. Wow. I mean, shoot. Um, you got 96, 97, 98. I mean, you got all those years when we had great years. I mean, obviously 96 was a good year because the team went back to back to the World Series, but we lost. But then I think the best, best team we ever had was when we had Sheffield, Vinny Castilla, Javi Lopez, um, Robert Fick and Julio Franco at first base, Marco Charles at second, um, Foucault at, at short, Chipper at third, Javi at third base, I mean, Javi behind the plate, um, Sheffield in right, me in center, and um, who was in left? We had a couple, we had a couple guys in them. left, but I think, I, I, I think, I think, I think every, Everybody almost hit over 20 homers that year. I think, I think, yeah, I think I ended up with 30. Chipper had 30. Somebody, you know, Michael Jobs had 20. Um, on the first base side, they combined hit over 20 homers. Um, Javi had like 47, uh, 40, 41 or 42 homers that year. Um, so we had a great year, man. Then we went in, I think it was 03, sorry. I think it was 03 because that's the year the Cubs went to loss against, um, the Marlins. So that that O three team was, I think, one of the best team I play on, um, offensively. Um, but we faced we faced the Chicago Cubs in a short series against Kerry Wood and Mark Fryer. That was lights out, and they shut us down. Chipper was playing in left, by the way, that year. It was Chipper in left and Vinny Castilla at third. There you go. There you go. Yep. 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 That Chipper guy hanging That's out. That's what there. it was. Yeah, he, you know, I was trying to tell him, I said, it's not that easy to come out there. But even though <laughs> he was a great athlete, Chipper is a great athlete. I mean, he, he you know, he plays center in high school. He plays shortstop. You know, he plays shortstop, you know how to move. Um, but since he's been in the infield so much, when you go to outfield, it's a longer long. So he, he, he was pulling hamstring left and right out there. Andrew, man, I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on and talking to us. And uh, going forward, we got more plenty. You got a couple more ballots uh, coming up for you. So uh, 
me personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, a huge effort into uh, making people re- see the things that I see um, from your numbers, mm-hmm. because I, I think that if a lot of these numbers existed at the time that they uh, at the time you played, I think you'd be looked at in a, mm-hmm. in a different light. Because like Holden said, you had that decade in there. That's up there with the best center fielders of all time. And and I think the best center fielders of all time definitely belong in the Hall of Fame. No, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, Andrew. Right, you guys be good. Again, Andrew Jones, longtime Atlanta Brave, the Braves Hall of Famer. Join us here on the walk-off for Ryan. I'm Holden, and we'll catch you on Monday.